0: Everybody to episode five of PK's Place. I'm joined today by a good friend of mine, former Regina Pet defenseman and current defenseman for HK Sochi in the KHL. It's Nikita Seedup. Nikita, prived kagdila. Prived uh, Payton. It's a pleasure to be here. Uh, I, you know, just wanted to say that
1: you're doing a big thing. You know, the podcast takes uh, lots of time, lots of
0: effort, and uh, it's a pleasure to be here and chat with you. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. And you were one of the people when I actually made a list of guests, I wanted to be on the pod, you were one of the, the people that I wanted to get on here. So right on. for for those people that are unfamiliar with you, one thing that you, you've you done very well that has struck my eye, albeit I can't yeah. really read much of it because it's in Russian, yeah. is Nikita's <laughs> posting on his Instagram stories about what he eats and all of his daily habits. And I think you've been doing a very good job of that. How, yeah. When did you decide to start doing that?
1: Uh, I actually started doing right after the New Year's. Uh, it's something that I always wanted to do, and uh, but like always thought I eh, am maybe later, not not this time, but like after the New Year's, I I thought why not give it a try, and so uh, just started po- just posting different stuff, my uh, the basic like uh, daily routines, like what I eat, what I do, uh, just the other side of a you know a hockey player. Uh, what it takes because, like, you know, just the fans see one perspective, they see one side, just how players play on the ice, and then uh, they don't see, like, what's going on in their lives, you know, different challenges, different, you know, setbacks, practices, uh, just the road trips, and then just how hard it is, uh, not just physically but mentally. And uh, I think by showing and uh, just spending some time showing others what it takes to be a hockey player, on the you know on the high level um it's something interesting at least for me when i was a younger player it was always like uh i thought in my mind hey what's going on like what what do they do like in a locker room like how do they prepare like what do they eat and how how uh, you know they uh how they do they spend their time off the ice so it's something that i um as i said always wanted to do and then give it a try and um and uh you know When I have time, uh, I always post a little stuff. But, like, in the past couple of weeks, I've been uh, just busy traveling and just uh, been around the workouts and everything. But, like, uh, during the season, I was uh, more into that because, like, there's a lot more going on. Uh, So, yeah, that's pretty much
0: how uh, the story has started for me. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, and like I said, I think you're doing a very good job of that. And interesting note, before we hopped on here, I went on your Instagram and I translated the profile. And for yeah. those, those of you can do this uh, the, when Nikita plugs his social later on is his bio translates to English backstage of a hockey player. So he's really, yeah. he really means it when he's bringing you almost backstage into his routine and what he does and another, and speaking of what you've done with nutrition and all that stuff, where, when mm-hmm. did you, where, like how, who taught you how to yeah. cook? And when did you start officially kind of cooking on your own?
1: Yeah, uh, the the nutrition part, I began studying that part like a couple of years ago. It was always uh, interesting for me to learn and something still I'm enjoying. You know, I'm always listening to different podcasts, always reading different books, different insights, something that I'm, you know, I'm really enjoying and uh, to learn. And uh, the, the journey, I think, started a couple of years ago when I was in North America and uh, just so different uh especially like when i played in a whl i you know see some guys uh go pro and play a, on a higher level you just talk to them like, like what do you eat and that kind of stuff and how they take uh care of their bodies so i i think that's where the journey has the journey has started and uh, um and they, where i learned to cook well i was i was away from home when i was 14 years old and then i think that's uh you know, when you leave the home at that young age, you uh, become you know just responsible for uh, first of all yourself, and you got to take care of yourself, and uh, that's where I learned those different uh, um, different uh, magic tricks with the uh, let's say uh, the the cooking, and I'm I'm still like I'm, I'm I'm actually like enjoying the the whole process of like cooking different making food not just taste good but like make it actually healthy for you uh, because like as you know like uh, we are what we eat and uh, and I, I'm tr- I like 100% agree with that and uh, through the, the, the social media stuff I'm just trying to spread the awareness about like the healthy uh, healthy eating how just the food itself has an impact on our you know daily daily life diff- the different actions different uh, different thoughts. And, um, yeah, as I said, uh, something that I enjoy doing and, I uh, continue learning and just trying to spread the message and of, uh, the importance of, uh,
0: eating healthy and yeah, living longer, I guess and happier. That That is well said. And I do think that you can never learn enough recipes and you can never learn too many things to cook. So yeah, since you've been, sure. start, since you've started, what's your favorite dish to cook?
1: Favorite dish uh, can be anything, probably salads. I'm huge. I'm a huge fan of salads. I'll, I'll make a, actually I'm, my huge, my, my, my best, most favorite uh, bowl would be like a Mexican bowl where I would have like different greens and veggies on the bottom, throw some quinoa or different grains. And then uh, it can be anything like fish or, you know, some, uh, some beans or some chicken press and chop it off with some, you know, some lemon juice, salt and pepper, and or
0: make some, uh, just some kind of sauce on the side and just mix it all up and good to go. That sounds very tasty. I'll have to try that out sometime. Now you did mention salads. What is your go-to yeah. salad? Uh,
1: just, uh, I eat anything like pretty much. No tomatoes though, like all the greens. Uh, I throw in some spinach, some uh, rucola, um, couple of cucumbers, peppers um i'll throw in and that's a, that's a trick you got to throw in a green apple just a little hmm. gives you that that sweet uh taste and uh, mix it all up olive uh, olive oil and uh, uh just uh some uh, lemon too. lemon juice on top squeeze the lemon juice and then some salt and pepper and good to go make oh actually i forgot you got to put in an avocado uh, it's always you, you always got to go with the avocados so that's pretty much, it. yeah, that's my go-to.
0: Yeah, uh, avoc- You can't go wrong with avocados. They taste very. No, good. never. Now, no, another never. thing. Speaking of salads, was I yeah. noticed that you've been pretty big on how your plant you eat a plant-based diet. When did yeah. you make that transition, and what went into that? Uh, it's probably when the like the
1: whole uh, quarantine has started. Uh, I watched a couple of documentaries on Netflix and. Just the internet itself and then uh, read a couple of books and um, agreed with all the, you know, the, the, the d- diseases that are happening in the world. People are dying from, um, you know, different like heart, can- like just heart diseases, cancers and all of that stuff. And switching to plant-based, eating the actual natural foods uh, has inspired me to try it on, like to just give it a try and give it a try. I liked how I felt. Um, uh, you know, and um, that's pretty much what I do now. I do like 70% plant-based and 30%, uh, uh, products that, that were made by, uh, uh, what's the word in my, like meat products. Pretty much. Mm-hmm. I have some, uh, you know, I might have some chicken I might I have some, you know, some, uh, steak once in a while. Um, but like pretty much the whole diet consists of plant-based, uh, products and, uh, everything that the nature has created. And uh, yeah, the journey began a year ago when the whole quarantine started and uh, gave it a try. It went like 100%, 100% vegan for some time. But like after a while as a professional, like a professional athlete where you just burn like so many calories a day, you, you need those calories back and it would be so hard uh, for a professional athlete to be able, first of all, get those calories and get those Different micro and micronutrients into your system. So, uh, something I found for myself, and uh, uh, I mean, I like how I feel. I like how uh, my body feels. The most important, and uh, uh, the you know, the journey has been uh, around two years, almost now, close to yeah.
0: Yeah, it's very, very well, very well done. I th- and mm-hmm. obviously, people. I feel like people during the lockdown did ship, have to shift a few habits mainly so that Mm -hmm. they weren't just sitting on the couch and and just accumulating fat now you also mentioned you read some books and documentaries about it what were the books you read and second question is was one of those books the plant paradox
1: uh okay give me a second i have to because the the couple of them i read they were in in russian i'm just trying to translate them uh let's see give me give me a sec no worries I think one of them was called like how not to die it, like basically tells you uh um like about the uh, the veganism and like how being vegan switching to vegan and it basically tells how like for example every grain contains the the same amount of like protein as the chicken breast or you know s- things like this and why why you would like would rather have a like a quinoa grain instead of a you know just a chicken breast and that was that was one of the books, How Not to Die, I'm sure. And uh, the other one, let's see, boom, boom, boom. Well, Tom, I'll say Tom Brady was to be 12 like that was probably my first book actually, where I look at the food perspective as like the major uh, point of like being successful and uh, that's how uh because he he has like a, a as you know very strict diet where he, like he basically uh he has he doesn't eat any anti-inflammatory food, which is like it can be anything like peppers he doesn't eat peppers or either like tomato tomatoes and it's like very strict and very like plant-based and like it was uh, my first book where uh he not only talks about like um uh just the sports training and all that stuff he talks i like how he talks about the mental part as well as 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 well as the nutrition part which uh you know play a huge role why he's been successful for you know that that many years and still been able to keep up with that so that that, those are the two books uh uh, they came up to my mind right now uh yeah
0: to be 12 for sure and uh, how not to die I think the How Not to Die, I think that especially grabs your attention because you read that mm-hmm. title and you're like, oh, shoot, I, I need to read this. I need to learn how, yeah. how not to die. Yeah. And obviously, who better to learn from than Tom Brady? Now, going to TB12, have you, bought, mm-hmm. have you tried any of his products? Because I know he has like protein, he has he electrolytes did. and all that stuff. Uh, actually, I haven't tried any like nutrition uh,
1: products, but like I, tr- I bought a, uh, a roller like a vibration roller and a long time ago, you know, that's, that's another part that he talks about, uh, pliability to keep your, all your muscles, uh, uh, not like tight, uh, just better recovery. That's That's what he talks about. Better recovery with food, better recovery with this, uh, a method called uh, pliability. Uh, so I got that roller and I've uh, been using that for like, for almost two years now. Uh, but I haven't tried any of the nutrition uh, products yet.
0: I understand. So the main thing, I guess, that's deterred me from trying the nutritional products is I've talked to certain trainers, some at Two sb Sports in Detroit, and then yeah, my trainer that I when I played where I played this year, and they've, mm-hmm. they kinda, they kind of they kind of say like kind of stay away from that. I guess mainly since mm-hmm. Alex Guerrero, who's Brady's guy, who runs it, mm-hmm. basically mm-hmm. people only really buy into it because he's friends with Brady like I think my Mm -hmm. trainer this past year said like what he's doing might as well be Scientology like completely made Mm -hmm. up or things like that Mm -hmm. but I think Brady, what I mean it's clearly working for Tom I mean he he goes to a new Mm -hmm. team and wins another Super Bowl so I think that book definitely would be interesting and I brought up the plant paradox I did see on your Instagram story you were at a bookstore and you were you picked it up Mm -hmm. and you were talking about it I actually read that book and okay. it, it opened my eyes and I actually made a lot of changes in in my life.
1: Mm-hmm. For example,
0: I don't drink, I only drink almond milk or coconut milk. I don't drink cow milk anymore. Yeah. And I cut out a lot of lectins. Like I don't eat tomatoes. I cut a lot of those things out since the uh, Dr. Gundry was right. There's mm-hmm. a lot of inflammation there and you don't need it.
1: Yeah, that's that's the one I was. Uh, I I couldn't remember the name. So yeah, that there you go. That's another one. And I switched to I don't drink cow's milk. Uh, you know, it's been like almost a year and a half, maybe even more. And I've been drinking like the soy milk, as you said, or just the almond milk and that kind of uh, different uh, plant-based uh, options and some other other things too that I'm still implying in my you know daily choices. As like yeah. can be basic as like instead of if i'll go to the shop and grocery shop and i'll see uh, two different bananas the one the one is like yellow and the other one is green i'm just going to take a green one because it contains less sugar and it's going to have less uh inflammation in your body so just little things that you know but
0: like the, the whole life is made of little things and
1: those little things play a huge
0: role in the end absolutely i will also recommend not that this this is kind of a free ad yeah. for him but Right. I've his, he has plant, plant-based protein and I've tried mm-hmm. the chocolate flavor and it's very good. I highly okay. recommend it's actually okay. really good. I'll give it a try. And uh, I assume it's plant-based too. Yes. It's uh it's yeah. called the pro plant. So yeah, it's, it's hundred percent plant. Okay. Got it. Yeah. I'll give it a try. Yeah. Just a little, little, almond. i do a little almond milk, a banana, mm-hmm. a green banana. Oh, yeah. That is some ice Yeah, a scoop of the protein, a little creatine. There you go. Yeah. That's, that's usually a quick breakfast for me because uh-huh. I don't usually if I'm going for like a skate or there's a workout, I don't yeah, want to yeah. feel too bloated. Now, no, no, for sure. Of course. So you mentioned the documentaries. What were some of those documentaries you watched? Uh,
1: what's the game changers was the one. And then the forks over knives uh, or no wait, Yeah. Something like that. These are the, or spoon. something no spoons over, over forks or something like that. yeah, it's Mm. it's either one. Uh, and just another couple ones, uh, they talk just about like, especially the American, uh, diet, how, like, how better is for just a, like a regular person, uh, how people eat so many products that, you know, the, the the people made, you want to stay away from those products. You want to, uh, stay as little, um, you want to, let me, let me, let me put up this. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, you want, you want, you want the people, uh, to touch your food as less as possible. So yes. like, yeah, yeah. So if you look at the, if you buy something at the store and you look at the, on the back of the, on the product, you want the, the, uh, you want to be as short as possible what it contains in it. So, um, and basically says like how so many American like uh, the the culture itself we eat so many uh, pro- eat, we eat so many foods and products that contain the list just goes on and on and we just uh, skip those natural foods that have been growing in the trees and uh, uh, or you know in the in the soils and uh, you know just talks about the importance of actually going back to eating just more plant based foods that are. Actually, were uh, you know made by the nature, and uh, pretty much they all talk about the same thing in the end. Just eat uh, the organic and uh, um, the natural foods. It's uh, natural foods to to first of all not just uh, feel healthy, but like live a better uh, a better
0: life itself. Absolutely and I, mm. yeah so I think the word also that you were looking for was you want to yeah. eat something that's as little as least processed yeah. as possible. yeah there you go yeah and I think and it, here's a weird, here's an interesting thing I saw an mm. Instagram post and it compared products made like a craft product made in the UK in the UK like a salad yeah. dressing or whatever compared uh-huh. to what it is in the US. It is uh-huh. astonishing how much li- how much less is in the UK version than in the U S yeah. it's, yeah. it's honestly nuts. And I think more people need to be aware that these sure. like these salad dressings and these sauces and mm-hmm. things like that, mm-hmm. there's so many chemicals and so much bad shit in, mm-hmm. in, in it that it's yeah. always better to go with something that's less processed. For example, with salad, I know you're a big salad guy, mm-hmm. olive yeah. oil yeah. and balsamic vinaigrette. It's way better go. than getting like a balsamic vinaigrette dressing because dressing. Yeah cause I've even looked at it and I'm like, why is there so much sugar? Why mm-hmm. is there so much fat and mm-hmm. sodium? And plus when yeah. you go with that natural route, it's a lot, you feel a lot lighter. And at least, mm-hmm. I, I, at least I think both of us can attest to this. You feel less bloated when you've made For sure. you make these simple changes. And, and yeah, I think that's also the plant paradox going back to it. The, the key mm-hmm. is that you want to eat whole, things that are whole food based that are yeah. fresh, not, not processed, because when you eat, go to a, like a fast food restaurant, you eat something, it's been processed and it gets in your stomach and it makes you feel mm-hmm. like crap and you have to, mm-hmm. and then your, your bowel movements aren't great. Whereas if you ate, you got something fresh and cooked it, I feel mm-hmm. like it's just a lot more satisfying too.
1: Yeah, there you go. Yeah, and it just it, uh, if you look at the long run as well, like uh, you just, as you said, like you started to feel better, but like over over a period of time, as uh, you start to feel better your body so, uh, starts to feel better it, like the, the whole system connects to our brain as well your brain start, starts to feel better your mood starts to like you start to be happier and, uh, and but just all, all those little things connect to each other and you start living better you start to living a more uh, fulfilled you know life just uh, uh, just filled with different you know, things that you weren't probably even seeing uh, when, you, when you were eating those different food, uh, processed foods. So just um, by, by switching those different, making those different uh, little choices is going to help you in the in long, long run living a better and happier life,
0: I think. Absolutely. I agree with you 100%. Now, switching yeah. gears, you moved from Russia to North America for hockey like you said when you were 14 or somewhere in that Mm -hmm. range when you moved Mm -hmm. over to north america what was the biggest adjustment you had to make especially since the lifestyles are so different
1: yeah 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 the lifestyles are for sure so different the the people the culture um the biggest adjustment well first of all it was probably the english part because like i didn't speak any english and so that was the first adjustment that i had to make is to learn the language and. Uh, you know, I've been thrown to, into this uh, uh, not very comfort zone, <laughs> and uh, you know that's where you know you, you learn the most, you grow the most. And uh, English was the first part, and then after a while, I think it was I think it was even switching to food as well, because like the food lifestyles are they're pretty different too. Like uh, comparing to I'm comparing to Russian diet, it doesn't contain. Uh, a lot of, uh, fiber in, uh, in like, just in the daily, uh, daily meals. And so it was definitely, uh, because like when I got there, they were eating a lot more, uh, actual like organic, uh, creams, uh, different salads. And, you know, it was definitely, um, a better, that's where the journey started. I think for me as, uh, me, you know, just cooking all those different meals, uh, always looking for different superfoods and, all that kind of stuff uh, just by seeing and switching the countries and seeing what people are putting in their body and the, you know, the the stuff that they were putting, uh, it was actually good for your system. So it was good for your stomach and just the overall that the the body itself. And uh, yeah, food uh, was a a second one that I had to uh, readjust. And yeah, those are the, the main two. And well, it's just still, you know, the third one, Uh, The people, the people were, were so like different. The people were happy, like always happy, smiling, but I know it sounds weird, but like once uh, like you kind of come here, I'm not saying that people are sad or angry here, but like just to me, it's, it's what I saw, like people were just like more happier, like always smiling. You know, you just go on a walk in the park and people are just, you, you see a random person. He just says, Hey, what's going on? How are you doing and you know you just don't see that stuff here here and uh that was definitely a, uh an adjustment that i had to uh i had to make and uh because i was like a more serious guy when i was uh, when i was 14 and uh uh throughout some time and i uh i think i became more like a north american uh a person i should say
0: yeah i think all those things that you said are very valid points especially the i think the i think the language obviously has to be the hardest part Mm -hmm. i couldn't imagine Mm -hmm. if i were to go over to russia for example i would i'd be floundering i i only know a few words i don't really speak i don't speak the language so i can only imagine Mm -hmm. how hard it was for you initially Mm -hmm.
1: yeah for sure it was uh well it's only it only takes a couple months you know three three to four months where you just don't know what's going on and, and uh after a while it started actually to hey you know, I kind of start getting those stuff, but like the problem is like you just you you don't have enough words uh, in your brain to say things. So you just kinda like you get the idea what everyone is saying, but like you just can't say anything. So but like after after a while, you know, just you build up, builds up, and you know, it, it, it's all about like how bad you want to learn the language, how bad you wanna you know, how fast you want it, but like throwing yourself into, you know, just, you know, going out with the, with the guys after the practice or just, you know, just going to see your body and just try, try to spend as much time as you can. And, uh, by doing that, you're going to learn the language much quicker and you just, you know, in the long run, it's going to help you, uh, you know, to learn the language way quicker. And so that's something that I had to throw myself in with, and you know, always try to say something, even though like I'm not feeling
0: it. Uh, but it's it definitely is going to help in the long run. Absolutely, and I think and someone told someone mm-hmm. said this, and it stuck with me. Life yeah. begins when you get outside. Life truly begins outside your comfort zone, and that's the mm-hmm. key is to always get outside your comfort zone. And like you said, that's how you grew. And obviously, you were talking about the English language, language. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. will say this, that as someone who does speak mm-hmm. English, mm-hmm. The English language is very confusing because there are certain words and certain letters that should make a certain sound or should yeah. sound like this, yeah. that, that don't like the letter G with some ways. It's just so confusing. What, what words at first got you confused? Like it should be this, but it actually isn't.
1: <laughs> uh, first of all, I gotta say, bro, <laughs> if you're, if you're thinking that English is confusing, you gotta start you gotta learn a little Russian. Russian is so confusing. <laughs> like literally, like English is so easy to learn. Now looking back, like it's literally so easy to learn. But like Russian, it's so complicated. Like in English, you can say just uh, just one word, and then Russian it can be you can say the same word like twenty different with twenty different words or even more. So uh, to me, the English the English part uh the english language is more easier uh now looking back but like to answer to your question what was the the words well well like let me let me think well i kind of i kind of went to the 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 learning english school first and like literally started from the bottom uh where you know we didn't learn the alphabet but like we started from the basics, like hi, how, like how's it going, and things like that, and different colors, and um, I don't know. I think the hardest part was, uh, you know, you go to to the school, and then uh, you you get all those, you know, you learn all those different colors and different like just the regular words, and you go back. Uh, let's say you go to the, the shopping mall, and then you started talking to different people. And the, you know, the, uh, not the accent, but like the way they speak, uh, you just, it was just so hard to catch up with it because they, they kind of speak way too fast. And, uh, that was the hardest part, I think, to be able to try to catch up all the words in a sentence. Uh, but like, I'm not sure if there was a particular word that was, uh, hard for me to pronounce.
0: No, I understand that. And I think what would mm-hmm. also help for you is that the area you went to, which I believe was Colorado. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There, there really isn't too much of an accent where i just wonder mm-hmm. if you would have went to like for example boston or if you would have went to new york oh, yeah. where, yeah, where yeah. you know they they talk they have a certain accent or a certain mm-hmm. dialect or even the mm-hmm. south too i think it would have made it a lot more difficult to learn yeah for sure
1: yeah yeah for sure I, I only know for the boston they say like boston uh that's pretty much i've been i've been there only once but like the accent part i think yeah would have made it a more difficult for sure
0: yeah someone who's actually spent a, a decent amount of time there the main yeah. thing is that they it's anything that usually ends in an r they switch it for mm-hmm. an ah so for example i went to the park okay i go to Harvard okay. yeah like it's just okay. kind of interesting how they do <laughs> that <but. laughs> yeah yeah it definitely would have been more difficult <laughs> oh, hundred <laughs> percent. Cause you would have been spelling yeah. it like instead of P-A-R-K, it would have been P-A-A-K. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so no, no, no. also before you actually made the switch mm-hmm. to play major junior, you played, you played in a spring tournament with, with me coached by yeah. and Igor Larianov. Now I've asked yeah. other guests that I've had that know me, what was your first impression of the host of this podcast?
1: Uh, actually the funny guy. Oh, he's not, he's not afraid to, uh, just go and, uh, you know, it's because the team consisted of different players from different countries and cultures. And like, I think, uh, you weren't, you like, you were that nice guy, friendly guy who's gonna, you know, even though like, for example, you didn't speak any English, like mm-hmm. you were, you were going to go out there and you you were going to somehow try to understand everything what he's, he was able, he was, he, he was going to just say, and I think, uh, just a helpful the guy first of all who cares about the people which is like the most important and not a you know you could have been the guy who just you know sits in a corner and just you know just goes out there in place and you know says you know all righty let's go guys but like you were more than that and uh more of a, uh, a team guy
0: that's what I saw in the beginning for sure I, I appreciate those kind words. And yeah, I remember <laughs> meeting you first. I remember just, you came in, yeah. you, you did. You yeah. spoke, you, I thought you spoke good English and just yeah, yeah. on the ice. I was like, this kid, this kid can play. This kid's a good player. Yeah. And it was, yeah. it was obviously a fun time there. Now sure. also, also after that year, you made the switch to the WHL where you played for the Regina Pats. How did, yeah. how did you, how did you end up going, ended up uh, in Regina? What did that process look like?
1: uh so since i played in colorado for three years and uh the 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 hockey there is growing every year like and uh, players from different uh from different states come to play there because like the hockey as i said level is going up every year and uh, they always have different scouts scouts uh, from just the western and like the i think they yeah the western pretty much uh league uh come and watch games and uh, I was uh, one of the scouts from the Regina saw me playing and then after the 16th year I got, got invited I got a call from uh, the Regina and they asked me if I wanted to sign and uh, I pretty much signed with Regina and, uh, and then went to play there for two seasons yeah uh, that's how we- they pro- the whole process yeah
0: no that's good how was your time mm-hmm. in Regina and mm-hmm. what was your first impression of Regina, Saskatchewan when you got there
1: uh, well the first of all I gotta say like the, the time there like I enjoyed those two years uh, like so much the the hockey level just the, the like the culture of hockey in Canada itself just how much people uh, love and appreciate the game how like how they care about the game you know always even though a little town, which consists of like 45,000 people. And you see the rink is always full with, you know, fans watching the games. You know, it just says something. It says a lot about the culture itself and why, you know, Canada has been able to um, give, you know, uh, those great results every single year. And um, the time there, uh, it's pretty much like a small, uh, as the older guys were saying, it's like a small NHL pretty much. Uh, because you have uh, almost the same amount of games, always traveling, always always playing. and uh, it was fun. It was definitely fun. I learned a lot and I grew a lot of, not only as a player, but like as a person, because like through uh, that many games, you uh, go up and down and you learn uh, from those different setbacks. and uh, that's definitely uh, has helped me. Uh, as I said, not only to grow as a player, but like as a uh, as a person uh, as well. But like overall, the, the, the great time and uh, Regina, uh, the, the, the weather uh, point was uh, pretty much, as I said, where I'm, I'm right now uh, in the winter. It gets pretty cold, like a couple of times there was like negative uh, 53 uh, Celsius, which is with the wind, which is like I'm not sure what's uh, in the Fahrenheit Fahrenheit. But like it gets pretty pretty cold, but like same thing in the summers, it gets pretty hot too, and uh, uh, not a not a uh, very big uh, town, but like you know it's got everything what you need, and there's not much time to do things since you play that many games uh, during the season.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. So another thing I mm-hmm. noticed during your time mm-hmm. there, you actually got the good fortune of playing in an outdoor game. What was that yeah. experience like?
1: Oh man, that, like that was literally. Uh, that, that was the, the most, uh, the, the, best, the, the best experience I've ever, you know, had in, in my whole life to be able, it's like a dream come true, you know, you always play in you know, the winters when you were a kid, uh, outdoors, and then it's with, with, either, you know, with your bodies or your father, and then be able to play in the outdoor rink when it's snowing, uh, you know, I think it was like around 12,000 people watching. Uh, I skated on a real ice and, uh, you know, it just, it was incredible to be able to uh, play, not only, you know, just try the ice, but actually play an actual game. Uh, it was a, uh, it was a dream come true, I guess.
0: Yeah, for sure. And correct me if I'm wrong. One of the photos you yeah. put up on your Instagram was, was that you actually scored a goal in that game.
1: Take yeah, us through yeah. that
0: goal. Cause I think, I think it was, it looked pretty, pretty yeah. sick.
1: Yeah, that, that was actually my first WHO goal. Oh, no way. No, that's <laughs>
0: yeah. hey, What a stage to get it on outdoors. That's awesome. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that, that was sick. Like, uh, well, what happened was uh, it was
1: basically we kind of broke the puck out of the zone. And then I it was like a two-on-one, uh, one-on-two actually with uh, or the the buddy I'm, I played on Regina. And I uh, just, we were, I think it was like a third period and we were losing by one and decided you know why not just go and just you know just support it and so he kind of drove it, drove it to the net and uh, I was able to get the rebound just touched it, just poked it a little to the back end and just somehow it went in and then the Sally and uh, <laughs> the, the the smiles went on and was it was awesome man as I said like uh, to get to get the first one on the outdoor rink it was pretty sick.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. That's a, very, that's a great memory. And did you guys end up winning that game? No, less than the
1: overtime, but, like, overall, it was a great game. It was, like, it was kind of going back and forth, and uh, we were able to tie the game up in the end, and, like, overall, it was a great game and great experience for sure.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. It sounds like a lot of fun. Now, the one thing that's mm-hmm. interesting about the WHL, at least I've yeah. done, done research-wise, is mm-hmm. the travel in the WHL is very hard, especially – with all these teams mm-hmm. spread out, what was yeah. the what was the longest road trip that you went on? Because there were actual mm-hmm. teams in the western part of the United States that made for long bus hours. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. So the longest one was uh, to the American Division. Uh, but like you always start by like for us, we played in Saskatchewan Division. We'll go to Alberta first. Let's say uh, we played in Alberta, like for a couple couple of games. Let's say three three games we'll play in Alberta and you, every time you go farther and farther and uh, from the Regina and closer to the U.S. And uh, that's how we started the road trip, kind of went on three to four games, maybe something like that. And then uh, got to U.S. and then uh, played all the U.S. teams. And then the the longest uh, drive back was like 26 hours. We left right after, uh, right after we played the game. So we're on the bus the whole day. <laughs> yeah, that was the longest, the, the, the longest ones are when you go home. So pretty much, it doesn't feel bad when you, uh, when you travel to play teams, but like, uh, when you travel back, it's, it's always the longest.
0: That the 26 hours, that's insane. And I'm guessing that was from Portland, right? Uh, I think so. Something like, yeah, yeah. we played. it a little, or even
1: Spokane can't remember. Uh but like pretty much either one of, one of the first one or the second one.
0: Yeah. Port- I said Portland, since Portland's the only team in Oregon, which is the state below Washington. And mm. I figured because that was the far, that's one of the yeah. farthest teams and mm-hmm. another team in that division, actually that you played against was Seattle. How, mm-hmm. So when you played there, could you mm-hmm. like, were you, would it, was it surprising to then see them get an NHL team or, could you see it being uh, a hockey, mm-hmm. a possible hockey market?
1: Well, I wasn't surprised like, because we got there, I think I'm pretty sure like two days before the game. So we got some time to spend off in the city and like the city itself, like looks like, it's huge. It's like, it's a huge city and it's got the football team as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm pretty sure the basketball team too. Uh, baseball. Sure. They have a baseball. Oh, the base, team. Yeah. They used the, to have yeah. a
0: basketball team. They were the supersonics. They played, mm-hmm. I think they played in the 96, Six final against the bulls mm-hmm. i believe against michael jordan mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. and they were a team originally in 2012 kevin durant played there they have since yeah. left but with the nhl team coming back to seattle i think they should bring the supersonics back it's only mm-hmm. natural but yeah they have fo- the seahawks football mariners baseball
1: yeah there you go they got everything the city i'm sure the city loves uh, pretty much every single sport and even though those junior games, the the, the WHL that we play when we played Seattle, the rink was like pretty much it was pretty much full. So the people people love hockey there for sure. People love sports, and you know you see those different huge shopping malls and uh, just the, the how the city is built. And I'm not definitely not surprised how uh, that they're gonna have an NHL team.
0: Uh, when 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 is the team uh, starting That's the next the, season too? Yeah, so. This, so this season is going to conclude, I think in July, mm-hmm. I think next yeah. month, I believe is the expansion draft in June. Oh, where they're okay. they're going to select the team. And then mm-hmm. I think October, 2021 is when the next season starts. And that's when the Seattle Kraken are going to take the ice. Gotcha. Now, gotcha. speaking of the Seattle Thunderbirds that you played against, I believe you mm-hmm. came into Regina the, mm-hmm. uh, I think one or two years after Matt Barzell had had yeah. left to go to the NHL. Yeah. What would yeah. your strategy have been if, if you were playing against a Seattle team and seeing him just fuzz up the ice? Well, definitely try to – well,
1: first of all, the guy is so fast, but, like, probably not try to try to take as much uh, time and space as, as I can and uh, just try to always be skate, – skate with him and uh, always be on top of him because, like, once you give this – Uh, that kind of player at time and time and space he's going to create it and he's going to make something happen
0: yeah of course barzell's one of the most electrifying players in today's game and Mm -hmm. i i think especially with the with that islanders team i think he's a key cog and obviously sure he he spent a few years in the whl as well and Mm -hmm. also we were talking about the road what was your favorite away rink to play at in the whl um Well, there there was a couple. Uh, I'll say,
1: like the Seattle one was like we only played there once a year, but like it was a pretty nice one. Just the ice itself, the rink itself. Uh, Medicine Hat has a pretty good uh, setup. The rink, the facility. I, I like the Regina's. Not gonna lie, uh, mm-hmm. the Regina's. Uh, it was great ice. The the the, the great facility. Uh, those are my top three most favorite ones. Uh, that
0: I was enjoying playing in. Of course, what did you think of the Alberta, the Alberta NHL teams that hosted WHL teams like the Hitmen's Rink and the Oil Kings Rink?
1: Well, yeah, those. Well, yeah, I kind of forgot about those two, but like it was, it was pretty sick to go on an nhl size rink. Uh, to you know, they they were still getting a lot of a uh, lot of fans too as well, even though there's an NHL team uh, in the city as well. Um, but like it was a great experience, especially like in Edmonton. You go there, and I'm pretty sure like there's like sixteen thousand seats or something like that, close mm-hmm. to that, and like you you skate in that big rink and uh, just thinking like you know those the, the top guys, top dogs uh, play play on this ice that you're skating on. Uh, it was uh, it was it was pretty cool experience for sure.
0: Of course, and keeping with that Edmonton rink, you also captured a medal at the. Ivan, the mm-hmm. Malinka-Gretzky cup. What was that experience like playing in that tournament?
1: Oh, that, uh, that
0: was, uh, that was great. Still creative memories. Uh,
1: we're able to, uh, get the, the medal, they get the bronze and, uh, what do you, what do you call that? Like, what was, what, what's, it's not the championship game, but like, it's the bronze oh, medal game. Yeah. There you go. The bronze medal game. Uh, just the overall, the whole experience, uh, starting from the first game to the last game uh it was you know we had a great team uh great guys and uh and because like this this uh this tournament they say it's pretty much uh close to world juniors because like the ue teens once the world championship that's uh, going on right now they usually don't bring you know the top players like uh, because they still have a season usually the playoffs. But, like, that one in the summer, everyone is, you know, everyone is fresh, everyone is healthy, and uh, the competitive uh, level is always uh, pretty high. You know, it was definitely fun to play against, you know, the best top players in the, in the, in the world, the Swedes, uh, the Finns, the Americans, Canadians. I so didn't get to play the Canada, but, like, still uh, being able to get that experience and uh, win the medal in that tournament is something, you know, I will, I will always
0: remember. Of course, and so the interesting note you did mention in the U eighteen mm-hmm. Worlds that's going on now. Most, mm-hmm. Usually, Canadians in the CHL that are still in season mm-hmm. can't go. Now, the other interesting yeah. thing, if in case you didn't know, Amer- mm-hmm. the Americans don't send their national team development program. So that year, yeah. the team that had Cole Caulfield, Jack Hughes, and Trevor Zegras, mm-hmm. they didn't go mm-hmm. to it. I personally think if that team went, I think they would have. Eas- I think they would have won the the gold medal, but they send Mm -hmm. what USA hockey does. They send, uh, they pick a team based on the all-star game at the national camp Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. friend friend of the program, Arthur Kaliev was on that US team. What was your memory of playing against uh bike Tyson in that game? (laughs) Uh, Uh, I just remember
1: how we talked after the game and I feel he, like, even though like he, they lost, like he wasn't, he was a little upset but like he was still give uh, able to give me a smile and i can't remember what exactly he said but like it was something funny that bike said and uh you know just just be able to play against uh, against bike and uh, see the guys dropped it already signed and uh already scored his first game uh first uh goal in nhl and uh the guy definitely has a talent and uh it was it was fun playing against him and
0: uh, and being able to compete with him on the ice of course and if i would be remiss if i didn't bring this up about that game your your team captain vasili putt and who's a draft mm-hmm. pick by the canucks he had that was one of his i think that tournament was a breakout moment for him oh, yeah, especially sure. in that game yeah. he had a hat trick were you su- were you uh, surprised <laughs> to see him just go off in that game and almost put you guys on on his back and help you get a bronze
1: well, that's pretty much how he. Same thing he uh, he did in uh, against the Swedes the game before, uh, because like the game was so like like we weren't we weren't able to score the whole game, and how he was able to pick up the puck from from his uh, from his from his net and just go uh, go on and skate over everybody and score that goal. Uh, and I wasn't surprised he was able to get a hat trick in that game and. Uh, the guy the guy is is, his work ethic it's not even the talent the guy the guy's work ethic and just how much you know he cares he cares about the others always puts the team first Uh, I have so much respect for that guy and uh, I'm just just glad that I uh, um, got got able to play with him and uh, share those moments with him
0: Absolutely. And former guest of this podcast, Igor Larionov of the second also had mm-hmm. good fortune of playing with him in the SCA St. Petersburg system. Mm-hmm. Also, did you play in the U18 World's tournament when it was your birth year?
1: Uh, yeah, 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 I did. I played the first two games, but like I got injured
0: and then I wasn't able to play the, the rest of the tournament. That's too bad. What was your experience mm-hmm. in those first two games and everything leading up to it? well uh it was it was great we had a, a
1: huge uh a camp uh selective camp in russia for like you went for almost like three weeks or so where they were always uh you know just uh, through every week they always uh, cut players uh, it was uh, it was great to make that team I uh, still get that chance opportunity to go on and play at the U teams and then uh, you know too too bad that I you know got injured and didn't get to play the rest of the tournament, but like, he uh, seeing that the team was able to um, get this get the second, and uh, I, it was it was still a great experience and uh, something I, I as I said before, I will will always be in my memories and uh, I will always remember.
0: Yeah, that's awesome, especially being able mm-hmm. to compete on that highest stage. And I would say the yeah. higher stage also was the U twenty World Juniors. Now mm-hmm. I. Al- now, someone i someone that is a yeah. mutual friend of both of ours texted me yeah. about yeah. your story that you unfortunately were not able to play due to a, a positive COVID yeah. test. Take us through uh-huh. that and how devastated you were when you found that out.
1: Uh, yeah. Uh, so uh, the day the day before I went to the national camp, uh, we played. I played in Sochi, uh, and then uh, we just finished the game and. And the next morning, I was a, I was, I was gonna fly out to, uh, to the Russian camp, a uh, training camp, and then, uh, uh, in order to, uh, go to the World Juniors, you have to, sorry, uh, okay. you have to, uh, take three tests, and then if either one of them is positive, you're not able to go. So, and then somehow, uh, you know, you never know what, you know, they say. Uh, everything happens not to us, but for us, you know, maybe I, I, you know, I wasn't able to get the answers why it would happen at a certain time, that period of time, but like going to get the answers. Uh, it's it's going to need some time. I'm going to get those answers. And uh, maybe in the future, but like uh, I got the, uh, the positive test on my first, on my first one. And I actually got, yeah, I was, I got sick. And I uh, didn't feel good for a couple of days, but like after a while, I started feeling better. And uh, yeah, I think like I, it took me probably like four days. And uh, after that, I, I was, I, I was uh, all energized and felt way better. And nowadays, I'm just feeling fine. And yeah. Yeah, it's good. But, yeah. Like, definitely, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, definitely like it was a, a disappointment uh, in the beginning uh some some sadness uh but like oh as i said before uh, as i said before you know everything you got to look at the the positives and everything happens not to us but for us and so there's something bigger uh, i'm sure it's going to happen um you know that that that, that there's a reason for that situation that happened to me so there's something bigger and uh, i just can't yeah yeah,
0: I would definitely agree. It was disappointing that you yeah. get that news. Like, I feel like yeah. it would be gut wrenching that you see the positive and you're like, why yeah. is this happening to me? But like yeah, you said, yeah, everything yeah. happens for a reason. And I think the most disappointing thing too, was you mm-hmm. would have gotten, mm-hmm. if you would like, I feel like you would have made mm-hmm. the team, you mm-hmm. would have been reunited mm-hmm. with Ellie mm-hmm. United coach, Igor Larianov. That would have been very, yeah. That yeah. been very cool to have him coach you once again. Oh, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Uh, we uh we he was a coach for
1: so we went to the karyala cup mm-hmm. it was in Finland with the u-20 team and it was just uh it was it was awesome man like even like after the, the guys were saying like hey there was, there was they was this was fun like the the guys were saying you know uh because the, many of them weren't weren't even playing like in VHL which is like under the kHL because like uh, every mistake that they would they would make they would just get benched and then the guys after the tournament they were just like saying hey like if i was i wasn't afraid to make a mistake first of all but like if i made a mistake i was gonna get that puck right back i i i knew like, i knew I, I had to get that pack, puck because i wanted to and he's like there were some of the guys who were saying like if you try to make a play and then in a club and then you make a mistake and you already know, like, no matter what, if you get that, even though you get that puck back, you're still going to get benched. So like some of the guys were saying, well, so what's the point of me getting that puck back? And then here the guys were saying, Hey, I want to get that puck because like, I, I want it, I truly wanted myself. I want it for him to, because I trust him because you know, just the guys, how much they respect him And, uh, just be able to get that experience. And it uh, was awesome, man. As you already know.
0: Yeah. Igor is, a, I think he's a tremendous coach. I think he was the natural choice to be the world junior coach. And regardless mm-hmm. of the outcome, I'm proud of how he led that team and, and how he had them play, especially I think in that first game against mm-hmm. the U S who ended up winning mm-hmm. the gold in the world juniors. I think he mm-hmm. thoroughly outcoached the U S head coach, Nate Lehman. Mm-hmm. And Nate Lehman's a good mm-hmm. coach. So I think, it just shows how how smart the professor is. And correct mm-hmm. me if I'm wrong. Also, you played with yeah. Gore Afanasyev in that.
1: Yeah. Harley yeah. Cup.
0: What was what was this guy like as someone who uh, a few of my guests are familiar with?
1: We we actually met a long time ago. at the U six U fifteen U sixteen tournament in Chicago. He came uh, to play for the Colorado Cup, so we kind of spent some time there. And then uh, before that, we spent some time in Sochi here at the, because we had the national team U uh, twenty camp, and I uh, spent some time here. Uh, nice guy, you know, always smiling, always positive, always joking around. Uh, you know, the guy who is always like energized. They, you know, always got the music music going in the locker room, and uh, it was the guy. He's got a talent. Uh, he's got every. He's got everything. Got the. Uh got the drive, uh, got what's what's in the hat, got the
0: IQ and everything. And uh just a true great great guy uh, and good player. Yeah, he's a he's a very fun guy to be around, very talented. There's a reason mm-hmm. he got drafted as high as he did by Nashville, and mm-hmm. he's he's a few wins away from winning the Gadgaden Cup with CSK yeah, Moscow. Yeah. They're actually
1: playing in like let's say 15 minutes or so or actually they have started started already yeah so the the avant-garde is up by one three two and uh we'll see what happens this game but like might get a cup a Gagarin cup that
0: that would be so sick man
1: that
0: would that would be awesome and speaking of the KHL you made yeah. the transition over the KHL what went into that transition mm-hmm. to go with Sochi uh like how how did it happen yeah how did you uh end up in Sochi uh,
1: yeah yeah so uh, Uh, As I said, me and Igor were at the uh, U20 camp in Sochi this summer, the the past summer. And then um, we were supposed to have a tournament where it would be a U20 team and then the four KHL teams. But like during the COVID, two of the the teams got sick and weren't able to go. Uh, But like before the tournament, we were able to play with the Sochi team, the KHL-Sochi team. We played two exhibition games, and then the the tournament started. And then uh, during the tournament, uh, the news uh, popped up with the WHL season being canceled. Well, not canceled, but like delayed until December. Mm-hmm. And it was like July at that time. So, uh, and then I just got the offer from Sochi to stay in Sochi and uh, play and prepare for this WHL season. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much how it started. Played a two couple, played a two exhibition games, and was able to get an offer from Sochi. And uh, signed with them.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Obviously, Sochi is one of those cities that is that's mm-hmm. warm and it's very. Seems like it's very enjoyable yeah. to be in. Did you end up playing against uh, the Kunlun Red Star against uh, our boy Igor? No, 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 no. Uh, we only played them later in the year. Uh, when he already left.
1: Uh, so, no, it didn't get, it didn't get. But, like, we still, we, we still talk, we still chat. And then, um, but, like, we weren't able to play against each other.
0: Yeah, that's too bad. So that was actually a question that uh, a listener asked in his interview was if he had been to Sochi, mm-hmm. he told a little story about that. Now, what was mm-hmm. also your favorite rink to play in away from Sochi and the KHL?
1: Um, let's see. Well, the ska, ska rink is, is, pretty, is pretty sick. They have, like, I'm sure, like, 15,000, maybe 14,000 people. Uh, it's always full. Uh, just the crowd itself, how, you know, the music, uh, how people are screaming, uh, just the the whole energy in the building. And uh, you always play against the top team like that. It's always fun and always a great experience. And to learn to grow and uh, definitely my most uh, the favorite rink to play
0: in. And uh, playing against uh, head coach, Valery Baragin, who has been in charge mm-hmm. of the, those world junior teams in Russia and against yeah. Oli, who I'm pretty sure you were teammates with at those international events, Yaroslav Oskarov. Yeah. Yeah. Against him too. Skara. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So now we're going to move into a, a little game that mm-hmm. I've played with my other guests. Mm-hmm. The game is basically Mary F kill. So if in case you're not aware of it, it's which one do you love? Which one do you tolerate? Like, which one do you like? And then the the kill part is the one you just get rid of. So knowing you as someone who's plant-based, I went with some, some plants Mm -hmm. or some veggies that we could choose from. So for veggies, Mm -hmm. it's going to be broccoli, asparagus or cauliflower. So I have to pick one that I would love the most? Or... Yeah, so Mary is the one you love the most. Like F basically is the one that you like, that you would still want okay. and then kill is the one you get rid of. Okay, so uh, go ahead with the... It's, bro- uh, broccoli. it's bro- broccoli, asparagus and
1: cauliflower. Definitely broccoli is the one I'm going to marry. Uh, cauliflower. Yeah, I'll go with cauliflower with the one, what's one night the stand. second
0: one? It's one like like F, like a one yeah, night stand yeah. almost. Okay,
1: there you go, F, and then the the kill would be the asparagus. Really? Why? Why kill the asparagus? Well, not a huge fan of asparagus. Well, I guess I'll eat it, but like it's not like I'm a huge fan of it. Yeah, there you go.
0: That's fair. I would say for no. me, it would be Mary broccoli, F asparagus, mm-hmm. I. The way I cook asparagus, at least, I put a little olive oil in the pan and sear okay. it in the pan, and I think it tastes very good that way. And mm-hmm. then I would have to say, I have cauliflower. I don't really eat a lot of cauliflower. I mm-hmm. eat more broccoli and asparagus. Gotcha. So gotcha. round round two is going to be breakfast. Since I know you obviously post mm-hmm. about your breakfast, it first is going to be oatmeal. You're mm-hmm. um, like a morning smoothie. I know you're big in morning smoothies yeah. and yeah. porridge. I know you've eaten some porridge too.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. So I'll go with, uh, the smoothie for sure. The one I'm going to marry. Got to go with the smoothie in the morning. The best thing, like I'm enjoying every morning, this smoothie, uh, the second, the F would be, uh, the, uh, the porridge and then the oatmeal would be the kill because like the porridge is just way better. Uh, you know, just filled with different stuff and you cook it for like 40 minutes and it's, uh, nice and thick and you know just gotta go with the uh, the smoothie the smoothie and the porridge
0: very very valid points i would go smoothie in the yeah. morning like i described yeah. protein shake for mary mm-hmm. f i would say oatmeal and mainly mm-hmm. mainly because i haven't had porridge so that's why i have to discard it but oatmeal gotcha there's this brand in the u.s called red mill they make gluten-free oatmeal and it's actually okay very, yeah, yeah very good it's very enjoyable mm-hmm. so those that mm-hmm. haven't tried mm-hmm. it, I recommend you try it. It's very good. Mm-hmm. So that was mm-hmm. the game section of the episode. Now we're going to move into a few fan submitted questions. Like always, okay. thank you for submitting the questions, uh, and mm-hmm. if you and obviously follow the podcast Instagram, which is PK's Place Podcast. Now the first question from Igor Larianov underscore LL is biggest difference between the WHL and the KHL. And. Um, the talent level, for sure. Uh, and uh,
1: the talent level would be the, the, the huge one. And uh, just being at the right place at the right times. I think you always got to be in the position. And uh, it's, not, it's not like about the speed as much, but like it's, it's about the, how fast you can make a decision, how quick you can decide what to do with the puck. Or once, once you're a little off the position, uh, you know the people, are, the players are going to take advantage of that, and uh, you know it just takes a little one second, even half a second, uh, and you know you you'll be late to that puck. It's either in the corner or you lose that battle. So it's always important to first of all make a quick decision uh, and uh, always always be in the right position. So um, those are the huge
0: two points I have to. I had to uh, readjust uh,
1: when I when I came to the KHL from the WHL.
0: Of course. Now, before we get to the next question, a follow-up question I had was: mm-hmm. Who was mm-hmm. who was one of the be- who are some of the better players you played against in the KHL?
1: Mm-hmm. Um, I think Slaparshov was good. Slaparshov, mm-hmm. uh, Leipzig, Leip- Leipzig. Yeah, Leipzig. His. Leipzig. There you go. Uh, those two. Well, uh, what's his name? Mm, on virus, uh moziakin Oh, yeah. Well, Mazakin. yeah, played against him. Big guy is a legend. Uh, played in played uh, since he was 18 and been able to put up, you know, not that many points, that many goals. And uh, what's the other one? Those on the nine, though. Yeah, those on uh, I-bars. Oh, the Oh, Every team has a top, you know, those top guys and where – you know, you always grew up watching them on the TV, and actually be able to grow up, go out, and uh, you know, just challenge them to there in the corner or you know, different different uh, areas on on the ice, and it's always uh, uh, it's it's always fun. And it's always like gives you so much energy and drive. Hey, you know, uh, if I can if I can win that battle, you would just feel so good, and you know, it just gives you that much and. In- Enjoy, yes, as, as I should say.
0: Now, with Leipzig, you said you played against mm-hmm. him. Did you read or hear of any of the yeah. news that oh. came out about yeah. him? Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: Uh, it was during the current and I uh I, I saw what happened to him, and uh, I see him go and international and play here in KHL. Uh, it, was, it wasn't a surprise for me, yeah, yeah. even in my today. Uh, so
0: Yeah, even in my group chat with uh, Igor uh, Larionov Mm -hmm. and uh, Afanasi, Igor said Mm -hmm. that that was the first thing he called was, oh, this guy's going to go to the KHL after his contract was terminated. Mm -hmm. So he was not surprised. And speaking Mm -hmm. of Igor, the next question is thoughts on fellow teammate Dan Guzlik Miramanov?
1: (laughs) Guzlik. Well, what can I say? The guy signed the uh, NHL team with a, uh, two, two-way contract with the, uh, what's uh, the Vegas. Vegas Golden Knights. Yeah. There you go. Vegas. Uh, you know, put up that many points, uh, even though the team wasn't doing very good, but still be able to put up that many points and play the style of the game that he was, uh, that he was playing at that high level. Uh, you know, it says a lot. Uh, the guy's got a skill, the guy, Uh, He has the 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 mindset and everything. Like great guy, uh, and just a great teammate. What can I say? Just wish him the best, and I hope this uh, the route goes well for him and just uh, goes as far as he can.
0: That would be that would be awesome for him to have a lot of success. We'll see if he starts out in Henderson with the AHL Silver Knights or if he Mm -hmm. actually could start with the Golden Knights, since they at the moment they are pretty loaded and. Mm-hmm. I think with them, I think it's inevitable that they're going to play Colorado in the second round of this playoff. And mm-hmm. man, if that actually does happen, I'm very excited to watch that series. That's going to that I feel like is going to go seven. No doubt.
1: OK, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Especially for me, I, I was growing in in Colorado because when I came in, they were like, oh, the, the, two, the first two seasons, my uh, 14th and 15th year, they were like always in the bottom and then just. With with each with each year, they just kind of build up, build up by little, and then now you see the team is. Uh, I think they're pretty, they're in the first, right? The first in the in the standings, or close to that.
0: Yeah, I and, think they're. Uh, I think they're second right now. I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So right now, Vegas is first, seventy points. Colorado mm-hmm. it has sixty six. So they mm-hmm. are in second right. place. Yeah,
1: but still, I see the team go like. In the in the short period of time, that much and the way they're playing is is incredible and th-
0: that's definitely going to be a fun series to watch Vegas and uh Colorado play each other. Absolutely, I'm very stoked for that. Another question mm-hmm. is, what's your best or favorite L United memory?
1: <laughs> definitely the championship game when the went to the uh, the shootout. And that nobody was able to score, and so we almost restarted. Like literally, everyone has went, and then see uh, Gagik <laughs> scoring the shootout winner. So the story behind it was: so him, uh, they because him and his brother traveled from Russia, and uh, somehow his bag with the with the gear and everything, and sticks was just lost somewhere in Amsterdam. And so he wasn't able to play the first two games. And then, the, the, as you, like, when you play in North America, the tournaments go, like, in three days. And so he missed the first day. And I'm sure, like, he missed the second, first game, too. And then he was just like, okay, I'm not getting my bag. And so he just went and uh, got a pair of skates. Uh, the coach <laughs> brought him some gear from, uh, from his house. And then he just pretty much, like, with new gear and everything just went on and played <laughs> the whole the, the rest of the tournament. And I remember <laughs> so he was wearing a helmet. It was a bubble like, yeah, it was pretty much a bubble. Mm-hmm. And uh like he wasn't able to see the ice like is uh, like, as you know, like uh, after a while it gets uh what do you call Foggy. it? What's it gets the word? It gets yeah. It, yeah. It's get, it gets foggy and so uh he was like one of the last guys who was gonna go and buy uh, and take the shot and so i remember so igor says okay gagik you're going and so he comes up to his brother takes off literally takes off his helmet and puts off uh, because his brother was wearing a cage mm-hmm. so he puts off a cage helmet and goes on and scores a shootout And everyone you know, like just everyone just goes crazy and, and that was that was definitely my most favorite, uh, the memory from that tournament. Yeah,
0: yeah. That, that shootout was nuts. I know I went, I know I, I missed that yeah. was one that I didn't score, but for me, wow. also the funniest part was, uh, Pasha feeling goes, yeah, he almost scored. <laughs> if he would have yeah. scored, oh my God, no joke, uh, to the listeners out there. I would have went nuts. <laughs> that would have been yeah. such, such a classic moment. I would have been like, this is, <laughs> this is insane. But yeah, that, that game was such a nail biter, especially, Compared to the year before when I played, we mm-hmm. like just mm-hmm. we just steamrolled everybody. So I think it was definitely more. It was definitely exciting that the game was close and came down to the wire. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure, it was definitely fun. Fun, uh, especially.
1: I think it was like two to two
0: or three three.
1: The whole game was like mm-hmm. going up and down. It was pretty close and being able to get a win in that long shootout. It was definitely fun.
0: Yes. It was nice to go back to back for me and some of the guys from the year before mm-hmm. as well. So the next question is from Alex Bedenko, a member of my group. What was mm-hmm. the best advice a coach gave you?
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, the best advice, do everything as you would. Uh, let me do everything as you would it when no one is watching. Like let's say, uh do the right things even though no one is watching so that was pretty much it uh no matter who's watching always do the right thing uh it can be you know replaced to any, anything in life especially like in, in general uh to the always do the right thing uh, and uh you know good things will happen don't try to uh you know steal something or be a bad person always be a good person always uh, give your best and Whatever happens, whatever happens, you know, you just gave your best, you gave everything what you had, you have no, nothing to worry about it. So that's that's pretty much the best advice or advices that uh, the coach has given me. That is that very good to, Yeah, yeah. Replace that is very to, good advice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Replies not only to
0: life but hockey as well, of course. And an English word that is used mm. to describe that very phrase, character. Yeah character oh, there you go having having good mm-hmm. character is doing the right thing when there's no one mm-hmm. in the room because there's a lot of times where someone mm-hmm. we would call two-faced they act really mm-hmm. nice to you to your face and they do everything right mm-hmm. when there's no one mm-hmm. watching they're a piece of shit and they mm-hmm. do the wrong thing so i think that's actually very good advice to give the listeners yeah. and viewers out there there
1: you go yeah you next go.
0: question is actually mm-hmm. from el united hockey <laughs> speaking of them, how, how, how do you think the COVID-19 pandemic will change youth hockey going forward? Uh,
1: youth hockey going forward. That's a great question. You know, I think uh, with the, the COVID and the pandemic itself, it, uh, it gave uh, those little players, little uh, little, uh, little kids, Uh, a time to uh, miss a game so much I'm sure and also at the same time gave uh, that little drive to actually see who's uh, who's really into the game and who's not so like let's say people were able like people were stuck at home and you see some guys are probably not doing much but like the ones the little kids that actually truly wanted uh, to do something they were able to you know to their stick handle or do something with a stick or, you know, it can be anything. And I think um, what the whole pandemic did, it uh, kind of made the circle maybe a little tighter uh, for actually the ones that actually care and actually enjoy what they're doing. And I think um, actually plus the whole pandemic, even though they were able to stuck, uh, they were stuck at a home. I'm sure they were, Able to um, look at the game from a different perspective. It, it can be watching the game. It's uh, a whole different uh, approach to hockey IQ. You see different players do different things in the game, and same thing can be. It was probably working different skills. How much uh, you know the time they spent uh, working to their own, on their hands or just the uh, the strength and conditioning part. As I think, even though there is maybe a little setback. Because uh, kids didn't develop for some period of time, but like I think in a longer run, um, it helped and it opened some doors for those kids to learn and uh, develop and appreciate the game uh, even more.
0: I think that's a very good answer, and I think mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. what also it mm-hmm. did it forced people to go outside of the box and do things from do things in a different way. And I think mm-hmm. as we get, as people get more vaccinated, at least here in America, and hopefully around the world mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. it allows more States to be open and more youth hockey opportunities, because I think it was unfortunate at first that kids were stuck at home, having to do school online and not being able mm-hmm. to get that social interaction. That's key for younger kids growing up, but also not being mm-hmm. able to, some of them not being able to play hockey. I think, I think it was, tremendously unfortunate and i think something i stand by was let the kids play sports not just are a great sports not just are a way to obviously try to make money playing pro which obviously Mm -hmm. is very hard Mm -hmm. to do but sports Mm -hmm. especially not only teaches obviously teamwork dedication drive there's a lot character yes there's a lot of great skills you can learn from Mm -hmm. playing sports and i think denying kids the opportunity to play sports especially amidst what was going on i think is very unfortunate
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Definitely have to have to add to that. Uh, like the sports itself, it's always it's great for your body. It's great, it's great for your development, not only as an athlete, but like as a person as well, as you said, teaches you, uh, first of all, how to uh, set for yourself different goals, how to achieve those goals, how to, uh, you know, be look, look at different uh, setbacks, look at different failures and learn from them. And uh, all of those little things that we learn from sports, they all apply to uh, real life and which will help you no longer run to live a, a better sustainable life.
0: Yes. And I think one last point before moving on to the next question mm-hmm, is mm-hmm, it teaches mm-hmm. you how, regardless of any, what sport, hockey, football, basketball, it teaches you how to mm-hmm. work with other people, which. Where you, you go communication when, part. Yes. Cause when you're done with the game, it's inevitable that you're gonna have to find something else to do and you have to, work Mm -hmm. with other people and oftentimes in the adult world you work with people that you don't really like or that you're not really friends Mm -hmm. with but Mm -hmm. you have to be professional and adult about it so i think that's another key part of sports
1: yeah for sure communication part learning how to communicate to others and be able to uh, find the right uh, words to every person and uh, and that's a huge uh, skill that you learn through through the sports
0: absolutely and Two last questions. I got one. I got the final go. one, but this question is what's your favorite restaurant in Sochi?
1: Uh, George Bar. So that's pretty much like it's got the uh, the organic. It's got the everything like natural, uh, lots of plant-based uh, meals. And um, like, it's always my go-to every day. Like if I have a time and day off or can bring a teammate with me, it's always going there, getting some lunch or Uh, some brunch breakfast and lunch and just uh love the vibe they have there and uh just the message they're trying trying to spread out about eating plants and um natural foods uh so that's that's my go-to place to go Yosh bar uh, number one in sochi for me
0: that's awesome everyone if you're able to uh, get out to sochi at one point check it out so my so obviously i appreciate you coming on and sharing all sharing your different stories and just catching up chatting my question to you is who would you like to see me interview on this podcast next it, it, it could be next it could be next or even in general like uh-huh. who would at some point who would you like to see me interview do i need a certain name or i can just describe
1: different characteristics or uh you could person? you could
0: probably say i would say names you can you could say uh anyone that comes okay yeah mine. yeah uh, I would like you uh,
1: to chat with uh, Lawrence.
0: Lawrence, he Miller. would be one
1: of the. Yeah, there you go. He, I think she, he should be the next one because he has went through a lot. He's seen a lot in this life, and I think that that would be very interesting for others uh, to hear what he has to say about different how he looks at the life, different perspectives, what he learned, different lessons, and I think. What he's trying to do now is a huge thing. And I think by bringing him to the show, I think it's going to, uh, first of all, would be very interesting for others. And uh, it would be very beneficial for others to learn as well.
0: Yeah, of course. Lawrence is a very good guy. And he's gone through a lot that I think would be powerful for other people to hear. And funny mm-hmm. Lawrence story. <laughs> he, like when I would be in uh, Michigan for, I went in mm-hmm. two weeks this past summer yeah. and then a the week. For Igor's 22nd birthday party, and he would play Earth. soccer with us. And this guy's soccer style, man, it was it was something to behold. <laughs> I only I only I wish that you were able to to be there with us. He, it's he has oh, a very unique he has a very unique soccer style, but yeah. yeah, he's very he's a very funny guy, and also would sometimes try to be the ref and player. And you know how well <laughs> that, that works sometimes. But yeah. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> so, so well,
1: what I got the guy always competes hard that oh, you, you always see that. Yeah,
0: yeah. Oh, hundred so, percent he does. <laughs> now I wanted to give you this chance to plug your social medias, tell people where you can be found on social media. Uh definitely check out my Instagram page. Uh I try to
1: post as much as I can different uh different life uh, different just my daily life different uh superfoods different smoothies different recipes that I'm trying to put on on my uh on my page for others to see and then what I'm trying to bring now is uh I'm trying to post uh things in two different languages or try to at uh, least doing yeah to both languages because uh you no, I still even though I, uh, in Russia now, most of the, of the people are Russian. I still want to, um, since I lived in the States for, or in North America for five years, I still want to uh, actually, uh, have people uh, understand what's going on and what I'm putting in my, uh, in my smoothies or, you know, just simple, simple things, what I'm trying to, uh, s- s- spread the message about. So, uh, you can check my Instagram page, uh, nikita.setoff Nikita dot set off and, uh, you can find uh, me there and uh, follow up, and <laughs> that's pretty much it. I uh, yeah, all set.
0: I would yeah, everyone out there. Mm-hmm. I would definitely mm-hmm. recommend checking Nikita's page out. As I said at the beginning, he's done a very good job. He's been done a very good job of putting the nutrition out there and spreading that awareness. So I I can't commend you enough for doing that. Like I said, obviously I mentioned the podcast Instagram. My personal Instagram mm-hmm. is. P. Hughes, fifteen. Nikita, thanks for coming on. It was a blast catching up and talking.
1: Thanks, Peyton. It was a pleasure to be here. I hope, uh, as I said in the beginning, this uh, the podcast uh, goes uh, goes very far for you, and uh, it can be helpful for uh, you know for others, entertaining, and uh, yeah, because like it's not easy. It takes the effort. It takes time. It takes uh, lots of work, and uh, I hope you'll be able to. I uh, enjoy the, the whole process, and uh, you know, keep people entertained, and uh, at the same time, people may learn and uh, be the best versions
0: of themselves. Yeah, of course. Though, yeah, those are all goals of the podcast for mm-hmm. sure, and mm-hmm. hopefully, in a little bit, I hopefully soon, sooner rather than later, I can get you on again, and we can catch up, and yeah. that would be yeah. that would be very fun. So that's so that's all for this episode, everybody. Have a good week. Stay safe. Be healthy. Peace.